You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Let's have a look at a set of results from a JSE listed company. The company's name is Grand Parade Investments, or GPI, and the headline is as follows. GPI posts impressive performance as restructuring gains momentum. Revenue was up 28% from 1.1 to 1.4 billion. Net profit from continuing operations up 308%. Net loss for the year reduced from 49 million last year to 36 million this year, which included a loss from discontinued operations, which was amounting to 106 million. Headline earnings per share moved from a loss of 11.2 to a profit of 8.9 cents, and it goes on from there. With me now is Mohsin Tajbai, who is the CEO of Grand Parade Investments. Your company's gone through some fairly turbulent times over the last couple of years, Mohsin. Yes, yes. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on your show. Yes, we've had a We've had, uh, we've had uh, some issues in the past. I think we've gotten over them. Uh, we've stuck to our knitting in terms of what we need to do, uh, set ourselves objectives, and we've, uh, you know, we've achieved them, which has led to a robust performance of the uh, of the group over the last year. Yes, you say that for the for the year to the end of June 2019, GPI underwent a restructuring process, and it's been quite drastic as well, hasn't it? I mean, it's not just Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. It's also having a, a fresh look at, at Burger King. Maybe you could as best you can. Give us an overview of the restructuring. Yes, yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, in February this year, we exited, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins, which weren't performing too well. I mean, I don't think that we executed too well on that. And, and you know, we, we were losing uh, losing money there and we decided to exit those vans. We focused on, on Burger King, which was doing extremely well. So, I mean, I think Burger King has been doing well over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, we, we, we were patient with the asset and, you know, it's now beginning to show, uh, you know, signs of, uh, you know, of, of, of being, becoming profitable. We, uh, we, we only opened uh, six to uh, 10 stores over the, over the period. Uh, we also closed down four uh, unprofitable stores. I think, you know, we also looked at our portfolio. We had a legacy of four performing restaurants. We looked at our portfolio. We, we decided, you know, we were going to shut down a few of the poor-performing restaurants that were creating a drag on earnings in the business. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the one great thing about, the, about Burger King is it's managed to grow sales at 10.3% uh, on a like-for-like basis, uh, adding, you know, uh, 34% uh, growth uh, system-wide. Uh, and that has been, uh, you know, uh, part of the reason why the business has, has turned the corner. It is incredibly competitive out there when it comes to so-called fast food or convenience food, whichever way you want to describe it. Is Burger King holding its own? Do you think it's actually even gaining market share? Yes, I think we are gaining market share. I mean, it's a it's a relatively new brand, and we, you know we we're the eighth biggest USR based on uh, on uh, on revenue, and we we, we are growing. Uh, it's a it's a very popular brand, uh, and uh, we haven't really saturated the market yet. There's still a lot of opportunities for growth in South Africa. And we're going to capitalize on that in the, in, in the years to come. Yes, so you, you've been fairly conservative in your store rollout. But when the economy turns around and once the restructuring of your company has gained enough momentum, will you, will you be rolling out in a more aggressive fashion? Yes, I mean, I think that uh, this year we've thrown it down to 11. You know, previously we were looking at rolling out between 15 and 20 stores. This year we've, we've decided to take a little bit of a cautious approach. It's a little bit uncertain what's happening in the country at the moment. And we feel that 12 stores uh, is uh, is achievable. But we also want to look at improving the health of our network. And, you know, that means that we've got to go back and, you know, look at look at our existing stores and see how we can actually improve them. And one of the ways that we're doing that is through an 
omni-channel strategy, you know, which allow which which looks at uh, you know home delivery, click and collect, as well as self-ordering kiosks. So we're basically basically using digital innovation to see if we can improve some of those poor performing restaurants. Let's have a look at the, your strategy. You say you've had three key objectives and presumably still have those three objectives. Number one, exit all non-performing businesses. Let's start with that one. Have they all been exited? Yeah, so I think that when we exited the Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts and Dunkin' Robbins, I think that was key to that, that, that objective, which we've uh, successfully done uh, over the last uh, financial year. And the next was, you know, the growth, capitalizing on the growth of Burger King, which we've done successfully over this year. I think the, the, the third key objective was improving the profitability of our supporting uh, supporting businesses. Uh, we own uh, uh, Grand Foods Meat Plant, which manufactures the patches for Burger King. Uh, historically, that business was, was making losses. It's still uh, partially lost making, but it's improved its earnings tremendously over the last year, improving by 54%. I mean, EBITDA in the business is up also over 280%. And, and I think that's because we've kept uh, costs flat in that business. It's a relatively low margin business. It only services Burger King, but it's, it's doing really well. And as Burger King grows, that business will also do well. And then we've got uh, uh, Mac Brothers, which is a kitchen catering uh, manufacturing company. Uh, they uh, manufacture stainless steel equipment uh, for the catering industry. Uh, and that business has also done well. I mean, it, it suffered because it's exposed to the construction industry, which has done really badly in South Africa over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, but we, you know, two years ago, we focused uh, effort into 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 driving sales into Africa, and we've benefited by uh, you know decent growth in East Africa, supported by the hotel and leisure industry, uh, and then recently we've diversified our product range in the business uh, to cater cater for the hospital industry, which we feel is a high growth industry. Uh, we've uh, we've become the first uh, South African company to manufacture a, a downdraft pathology table. And then we're well positioned to actually manu- locally manufacture uh, stainless steel equipment for the hospital industry. So that business is also doing well. Uh, earnings in that business up by 97% over the last year. That's a big percentage off, off of a low base, of course, and not the biggest part of your business, but yes, still very good indeed. Yeah. Also during the financial year, you entered into an agreement to sell 10% of your equity in Spur back to Spur Corporation for a purchase consideration of $260 million, which you go on to say will be used to reduce debt. If you didn't have to reduce debt, would you have kept the Spur stake or that 10% that you've sold? Well, so I mean, we, we're basically selling it at slightly uh, lower price than we bought into. So, uh, I mean, I think it was put on by uh, the fact that we had debt obligations coming due at the end of October. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if we didn't have those debt obligations, I mean, the decision-making would, be, would have been slightly different, I think. What about the future? You've gone through some turbulent times, as I've said, but you've, uh, you're back on track now with your three major objectives. Are you going to bed down the business that you've got at the moment, or are you still on the acquisition trail should, for example, the South African economy or the African economy uh, start to turn around a bit? And there must be opportunities that you're looking at, but maybe you're just a little bit um, gun-shy at the moment, if you see what I mean. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it gunshot. I would say a little bit cautious of, uh, of the economy, but we are still looking for opportunities. But I think that, you know, this year is going to be a year that we capitalize on the success and capitalize on the, the, the efforts that we've made to improve the profitability. Uh, and, and we need to grow profitability in all of our businesses. I mean, Burger King is still room for growth. We need to capitalize on that. We need to get, uh, uh Grand Foods, Meat Plant and Mac Brothers, you know, and, and grow and, and grow the earnings in those businesses. Uh, but ultimately, uh, our vision is, uh, you know, to be the leading empowering, 
uh, investment holding company uh, listed on the GSE, uh, we've gotten involved in operation. Our strategy is that we, we identify early stage opportunities and we, we get involved in our investments to maximize growth. Uh, and when the timing is right, uh, you know, when we've grown earnings, you know, we, we possibly would exit and maybe hold on to a minority stake, you know, and therefore, you know, reverting back to being an investment holding company. Well, Sin, thank you very much for your time. And, um, yeah, I just get the impression that the tide has turned for GPI. That's Mohsin Tajbai, who is the CEO of GPI, whose numbers were released earlier today. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.